I can peel back the layers, I can take it to a point, but what lies at the center? Only one person can tell us who killed Cassandra Brand. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack. I am returned. I am Josh Scar. I am your host. Uh, thank you to Alex for the last two weeks for filling in for me as I was uh, unable to really kind of breathe. I apparently had influenza A and just I couldn't get any kind of prescription because I just missed the, the treatment window. So I had to let it run its course. But I am here. I am back and I am excited to introduce to you making their Talking Smack debuts, Karen and Anne from the Sugar Coated Murder podcast. Ladies, welcome. Thank Hi, you Josh. so Thank much, you. Josh. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for, so much for making the time to be here. I am very excited. Uh, I, I I missed three straight guest episodes, or two two straight guest episodes. We had three guests over those two episodes with uh, oh, wow. Raphael from The Geeky Dad, Caesar from No On 15, and then Justin from The Movie Wire. And I was just so bummed I couldn't hang out with them. And I'm very glad I could be here with you guys, at least. Us too. We're, We're glad so glad too. you're better. Yeah, so glad you're feeling better and that you're back on the back on the microphone. That's exciting. Yeah. Good for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm putting, I'm stressing out the mic stand a little bit, but at least I'm, I'm able to center myself and stand on it, so we're, we're good there. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you two are my favorite true crime podcasters. What? Truth be told, my only true crime <laughs> podcasters. I tried to get oh, Becky I... on here because she's a fan of the, like, your favorite murder, my favorite murder podcast. My favorite so, murder. Right. Yes. Yeah, she's a big fan of them. And so I obviously, uh, I bought her a copy of your book, which you guys can feel free to talk about here in a second. But tell us a little bit about Sugar Coated Murder and what you like to do with your podcast. So um, our podcast is, it combines two of our obsessions, and one is true crime, of course, and the other is baking. So we, for every episode, we are baking in the kitchen. One of us bakes a recipe that we've picked, and usually the other one doesn't know what's going to be baked. It's always a surprise, which is fun. And then while that person is baking, the other person um describes or or narrates or recounts a true crime murder case and then once the goodies go in the oven and the first case is finished then the other person that was in the kitchen comes out of the kitchen and then also discusses a, another true crime case so we do um, one recipe and two cases per episode and there's a little bit of humor in it we're sisters we so do a little drinking. There's some drinking that goes the on. The more we drink, the less we pronounce. Pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just have fun. It's, um, you know, murder is a heavy topic. So we try to add a little bit of humor and not about the murder itself, never about the murder, but, um, you know, sister banter, trying to pronounce legal terms correctly. <laughs> You know, hoping that my dog stays a little quiet throughout. It's always so, a challenge. It is a challenge. But, but we have we a good time. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 
Yep, we do. And we do get phone calls from mama if we say bad words. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We try really hard not to. But I got to tell you, murder just really makes me mad. And a lot of times my filter just takes a tumble. Yeah, but most of the time if we say sorry, mama, it's okay. Most of the time. Sometimes not so much. Yeah. Sometimes she's like, (laughs) I heard sorry, but that doesn't matter. So, (laughs) yeah, that doesn't give you permission. I didn't raise you girls to talk that way. Yeah. So. We're in our fifties, by the way. Mama's in her eighties, <laughs> yeah. so we're not sure. At we're what not time. catching any breaks. No, we, we don't know when the rule about not saying bad words runs out with age. I'm not sure. I don't I think know. It's it's whenever. I mean, it's until she takes her last breath and then some. I'm mm. sure. So we'll be hearing it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. the guilt will always be there when you do say the things. You're like, oh, Mama wouldn't like that. Yes, 100%. we'll always we'll always be say, saying sorry, sorry mama. mama. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's us in a nutshell. Yep, and you can find our podcast on just all the normal listening apps, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google and blah 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 and yada yada, Good Pods, all the all the all the places, all the places, all yep. the places. And mm-hmm. then you also recently had a book come out which is amazing. Please tell us a little bit about the book, which I've plugged several times. We wrote a book about a murder that happened in our hometown and we knew the murderer. Um, We knew the victim a little bit. We'd never met the victim, but we knew the victim's family and we knew one of the murderers, the other murderer we didn't know, but part of our intent with our podcast has always been to find a way to tell the victim's story because we feel like the victim gets lost in their own story. The most information we find about murder cases is about the murderer, not about the victim. You can find the victim's information in the obituary. Sometimes you're lucky enough to have a victim impact statement from the family in court documents, but mainly it's all about the murderer. And we want to find a way, or we've tried since we started our podcast to find a way to give the victims a little bit of their story back. Um, And that's what we try to do with this book. And the book ideally is part of an upcoming or a series of books as well, correct? That is correct. So we've decided as we were writing this book, we, um, you know, we've covered a lot. We've been doing the podcast for over three years. So we've got like almost 120 episodes out there and so this is not the first victim that we have found that really and truly got lost in his own story. And um, we decided as we were writing this book that there's so many more victims out there that need this, this platform or this voice lended to them to put them back into more of a presence in their own story. So we decided that this would be a series. So this book that we released is the first book of the series called Say My Name. And the whole point of the series is to get people talking about the victim and, and less about what happened to the victim. Yep. Just to recognize that victim was more than just a victim. They were a whole person with family and friends and a whole life before that, that life got cut short um, by somebody else's hand. So yeah, this is the beginning of a series. And I think the, the the name of the series is very apt with what you just said. It, the Say My Name series, like obviously you're trying to get people to understand that the victims are people, uh, not just plot devices in this 
crazy person's right. story. So I, I, I love that. And I, I have the book. I have not had the chance to read it yet, but it is on my short list of things to get to before I have to start hitting the road again. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We really do. We hope you enjoy it. And, you know, we hope that when people read this book, that they, they will realize that victims need a voice and they need to be remembered as people, not just as a victim, but also that their story doesn't have to end at the, at the end of a court case. Like they need to still be remembered and they need to be talked about and they need to be, they need to be given a place in their hometown or wherever to be permanently memorialized. And that's kind of what our goal is right now. Right. So we're hoping that we, we get there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if your, your dedication to the podcast and again, just taking on the, the task of writing and publishing a book, I think you guys will do wonderful things with this series. Thank you. Thanks. I hope so. Yeah. We certainly are trying. It's a very affordable $12.99 on Amazon, correct? It It is. is. It's $12.99 on Amazon and um, it comes in paperback or you can get it on Kindle. And I don't know the price of Kindle, honestly. $5.99 for something like that. Yeah. And then of course, if anybody wants an autographed copy, uh, we charge $20 and you, they can send us an email and, um, or not $20, $20 plus shipping. So it's yeah. usually about $25. Um, we'll sign it and um, send the copy back to them. Yep. And um, a portion of the money that we make on this book will go toward setting up a memorial garden for the victim in our hometown. And that's awesome. So we'll, we'll have a link to the Amazon sales page as well. Do you guys have a website? We do. Our website is sugarcoatedpod.com. And that also has links on there to, I mean, of course, to the podcast, but also on ways to buy the book. So they can go there. And then our email, there's a contact form there that you can fill out and contact us. If, if people want an autographed copy, they can contact us through there and our emails on there. But just in case somebody needs the email and doesn't want to go to the website, it's murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And like Ann said, you let us know what you want. And um, we usually do Venmo or PayPal or whatever. And we've got books here and we'll personalize it and sign it and get it shipped out. And we'll put that link in the, the episode description as well. So we'll we'll get we'll make sure you get that all taken care of and covered. Thanks, Excellent. Josh. Thank you. We appreciate that. We also invite listeners, you know, if you have a story that you'd like for us to look into and investigate, we can do a, the story on our podcast. If you know a victim that needs to be showcased in a, in a town, maybe they've been forgotten. We're still looking for ideas for future books. Absolutely. Absolutely reach out to us and we'd be happy to entertain those ideas. And there you go. All right. Well, we are here to talk about Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. But first, oh my we're, we're going to hear <laughs> yes. from everyone here. Uh, we're, we're all friends with J&K at the Fuck My Work Life podcast. Sorry, yep. Mama. It's their title, not mine. That's right, Mama. I love it. <laughs> So we're going to hear from them real quick, and we'll be right back to talk about Glass Onion. Perfect. We love them. Have you ever had a bad day at work? Well, the Fuck My Work Life podcast is perfect for you. Hosts J&K share listeners' entertaining stories from the workplace, which may have you thinking, you don't have it so bad after all. Find Fuck My Work Life on your favorite podcast platform. And we are back 
And we are here with Karen and Anne from the Sugar Coated Murder podcast to talk about Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Now, Yay. when when we had discussed bringing you on for this episode, obviously with your ties to true crime podcasting, I was like, oh, a, a whodunit mystery is going to be like the perfect thing to bring these ladies on for. Uh, Karen, I believe it was you who had not seen the original Knives Out. Have you seen it since we discussed it? Um, I have seen it. I have not seen all of it. I will be honest with you. I have seen all of the Glass Onion and I saw probably three quarters of Knobs Out. I just am going to put it out there that I, I really enjoyed Glass Onion a little bit more than the than the original Knobs Out movie. I, I probably am the only person in the world that would ever say that, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the scenery. I don't know what it was that captured my attention with this, but Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to be happy with that. Statement. I know she's not. She's not. I'm so sorry. And we Jamie know she's Curtis, the biggest fan of this podcast. I mean, please. Yes. If she wants to come on to Josh's podcast and discuss this with us openly, I'm happy to oblige. And I'm sure Josh is too. Oh yeah, I'd love Jamie Lee Curtis on this podcast. That would be amazing. Yeah. So we'll have to tag her when you start doing promos for this episode. <laughs> We're gonna start tagging her and saying, Jamie Lee, we've got an open dialogue here on which movie was better. Um, Anne liked both movies <laughs> equally. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed Glass Onion. Uh, I did kind of want to talk about like which one did we prefer. Uh, I think I preferred Knives Out more because it was a little bit more linear and I liked the family dynamic of the cast more than I liked the like random group of people in Glass Onion. Yeah. I I think the family dynamic and not to get too spoilery right away. I'm going to, I would like to try and do a non-spoiler discussion first. Um, I like that a big part of Knives Out is that uh, Ana de Armas's character is like trying to sabotage the investigation where this one is seems much more straightforward until you hit the midway point in the movie. Right. And then, then you get a little bit of a twist, but um, I like the idea that we think in the first movie, we know exactly what happened. And then throughout the course of the movie details are revealed and it comes out that something different happened. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed that a lot more just because I, I, again, I think it's more because it was linear. Whereas with this one, we play out a half of a movie and then we backtrack to just before the movie and then we play the rest of the movie along with it. Yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was just a, a little too different for me. So for me, the, the way I kind of looked at it was the first movie was like a puzzle. It, it was more like an onion, <laughs> more like peeling back the layers, you know? So I thought maybe we were going to be getting into the same kind of thing when the big invitation came for this party that everybody's going to, because it was such a layered puzzle. I thought, all right, well, we got layers, but maybe not as many as the first one. It was good though. I mean, I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun. So I felt like this one was, I don't know the word for it, campier. (laughs) Yeah. This one felt a little campy to me, which (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's something that I enjoy. I don't know. I don't know. Campy. Um, Maybe I I just was in a campy mood, but. (laughs) Were y'all roasting marshmallows? No, there were no marshmallows to be had. No, but I could be a little bit Christmas strung out at this point in my life. (laughs) But I thought it was a little campy, which um, I didn't mind at for this one where I thought there was none of the campiness, the quirkiness and stuff. I don't know. 
I felt like this cast of characters were so disjointed. It actually made it interesting for me. Huh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. So let's let's dive into Glass Onion because most everyone who's listened who's listening to this right now has probably seen at least most of, if not all of the original Knives Out. So with Glass Onion, we uh, meet up with Benoit Blanc once again. Benoit. I have gotten love Benoit. He's My so goodness. Funny. What a funny man. He's great. I love Daniel Craig. So I mean, I, I love think... that they're making Daniel Craig have that deep Southern I know. accent. <laughs> it's hilarious. What did you think of his, uh, his sleuthing gang? Of uh, Angela Lansbury. Um, oh, oh who else God. do we have on that call with I, him? I actually watched it a second time and I didn't catch on to I who didn't. all the characters were, but in the, when he was in the bathtub, yes, talking to his people, you know, because it's yes. the pandemic. Oh, that's right. It was Angela Lansbury. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yes. 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 That's that's crazy. See, campy. That's kind of campy. Like, that's so <laughs> unexpected and quirky and like that in itself was just a disjointed cast of characters anyway. <laughs> it was. It was nice to see Angela Lansbury again, too. Like, that was a very welcome cameo surprise. Yes, it was. I love, there definitely seemed to be a lot of little little nuggets of, like, little pockets of fun in this movie. I guess nuggets. Easter eggs, is that what they call them? Yeah, yeah. yeah like Ethan Hawke showing up and being the, the COVID uh, cure administrator. Yeah. And just never coming back. He's he's just there for that one he's just scene. There for like a second. Yeah. And you're thinking, what is what is his role gonna be? And then you just never see him again. So that's pretty crazy. Wait, who was it? The guy on the beach? Yeah, uh, Ethan Hawke was the guy that was yeah, shooting the, the COVID cure into and their mouths. Oh, oh he was tongs. doing the right, okay. Yeah, the he guy on the that. beach was uh Daryl, who was played by Noah Sagan. Okay. Uh, He was just a gag. He was just there to be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. And then he he comes back at the end, too, which I thought was funny. But um, yeah, I kept thinking, what is he? I I immediately thought, okay, he's the one that did it. Like, whatever's happening, he did it. But then he had nothing to do with the movie. No, he's just a dude walking around. But I kind of wish they had gotten somebody a little bit more recognizable than him. Like, I think it would have been really funny. Like if Matthew Conaghy played that part or somebody like that, just that would have been like so random, but somebody a little bit more recognizable. Even Snoop Dogg. That would have been oh, hilarious. Don't even, don't even start with Snoop. I, mean, I thought he was going to end up being the murder victim because he was just there. They, they ran the gag a few times before the, the first murder happens. Yeah, And I was like, oh, this is going to be the guy that gets murdered because most of the trailers, we see the entire cast and crew together. So mm-hmm. I've been wondering who's the one that actually gets murdered. Oh, right. Yeah, right. I yeah, thought I was he was this... actually going to be the murderer. Right. So, but he, but, but he was in the first movie. So I didn't know if that was another one of those little Easter egg things, you uh, know? Oh, I didn't catch that. No. Yeah. He played one of the, tro- he was a trooper, one of the police officers in the first movie. No, that's oh. so funny. I didn't catch that either. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Look at that. He's Trooper Wagner. How about that? Huh. Look at Ann uncovering an Easter egg <laughs> that we didn't even know existed. Listen, I was told to prepare a podcast <laughs> to talk about this movie, and that is what that I did. That is what I did. You came more prepared than I did. Research. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I love it. <laughs> uh, how about that Dave Bautista character? He's uh, quite the character. Quite the character. It's a whole lot of him. 
tell me, can you, sw- can, does a gun work? Like when you bring it out of the water wet, does no. it still work? I, I had that thought too. I'm not a gun aficionado, so I had no idea, but I, I wouldn't think so. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how it works. But unless you have some very fancy, like maybe it's a James Bond 007 type of gun that can go underwater, but I don't, I typically, I would no, not right. recommend people swimming with their handguns strapped to their <laughs> bathing suits. It's not even, I wouldn't call that a bait. It's like a loincloth strapped to their loincloths. Oh yeah. That, that was a Speedo. He, he yeah. was he was calling back to his, uh, his WWE days. When he clipped the gun to the front, I thought, oh my God, it's going to like weigh the front of that thing down. I and we're going to really yeah. we're gonna see a lot more of him than we bargained for. They may have had to do more than one take on that. <laughs> Just <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so with this movie we get about like an hour an hour and 10 minutes into this movie which is two almost two hours and 20 minutes before we get to the murder which again i, I think that's part of where i enjoyed the first one more because it we, it kicks off with the death and we we continue on to find out that things aren't as they appear where this one it's fairly straightforward the only th- real mystery that we have until uh, the murder is what's Benoit Blanc doing there. How did he get the invite? What's happening? Because we discover that he got an invitation to this private Island that Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun owns. And he's having this get together with some old friends. And he sent them all this big Rubik's cube of a, a puzzle box. And Benoit Blanc just happens to be there. And it, it, it kind of felt like, what they set up in the first movie where he just got a random wad of cash and was like, Hey, come investigate this where this one is more, Hey, there's going to be a murder mystery party. Let's have Benoit Blanc there. But twist miles Braun doesn't know that Benoit Blanc was invited to this party. See. And I think for me going into it, knowing there's going to be a murder, but it doesn't smack you in the face in the beginning. It makes me, pay more attention because I know that there are things that are happening in that movie that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. (laughs) And I think that's the difference between this and the first one is because I knew I had to pay attention. And then the other one, it's like, okay, somebody's already been murdered. Now they're going to tell me the story. So I guess it's a different approach. Oh, right. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The difference. And I think I pay more attention if the reward comes later than if I get the reward up front (laughs) reward being murder (laughs) (laughs) in this case, only in this case, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So without spoiling who gets murdered, did you, did who, who got murdered? Were you expecting that or were you expecting someone else? I was expecting someone else. I was definitely expecting someone else and I wasn't expecting the person that did the murder to be the person that murdered. See with that one, I actually called that when the trailer dropped, I I have, I have receipts with Alex where I was just like, Oh, this person's going to be it. If they're not the one that gets murdered, this is going to be the person to kind of ruin the movie magic. The rule of thumb with these sort of things is who's the most famous person in the movie. If they're the main character, they're safe. If they're not the main character, but they're a side character or a supporting character, they're probably the murderer. So in this case, you had Daniel Craig in the first movie, and then you had Ana de Armas as the two main characters, and then Chris Evans is the next most famous person. So he's the murderer. 
Okay. And in this case, I, I pretty much called that one from the get-go because, or if you're looking at this cast list, you're like, okay, this is the most famous person. That's that's what it is. But I think where this movie really succeeds is that it's not necessarily about who done it. It's more about the why done it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because as we and discussed earlier, there there's a time jump where once we hit that first murder, there's another sequence of events that happens. And finally, Benoit's like, all right, this shit's got to end. We're, we're going to just go over this Scooby-Doo style and just retrace <laughs> our steps. And we're going to we're going to solve this thing. Yeah, and then the movie kind of plays out all over again and it, from a new perspective. I mean, I, I got frustrated with this movie a little bit because there was a part of the story that they just weren't telling you. And I was like, okay, I just, I don't know how this one character fits into all of this. I don't understand, you know, there was a court case, there was an event that happened, but we didn't know about it until close to the end of the movie. And I felt like I wanted to know that earlier. Ricky and I were talking about how this whole movie doesn't happen if Miles Braun doesn't send that box to Janelle Monet's character, Andy. Right. right. Like, obviously the movie has to happen, so he does it. But like, if he doesn't do that, there's no mystery here. So it's kind of a weird move by him mm-hmm. to invite all this chaos and onto his island where he's trying to have a fun murder mystery party with his friends. I think that's that's probably the biggest flaw I have in the script for this movie. Right. But it doesn't make it any less fun. You're not necessarily right. looking for the logic of what the characters are doing. You're looking for the logic to solve the mystery of the movie. And I felt like in the beginning, there was the mystery of who are these people and why are they all together? Yeah. Like it didn't just, it doesn't just come right out and tell you that. It, it played, the movie plays for a little bit before you are told finally how, who are these people and why are they like, how do they fit together as a group? Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's a great point. Cause you have uh, uh Catherine Hahn's character who's running for governor. You yeah. have Kate Hudson's character, Birdie, who is like a social media influencer and a f- uh, fashionista. You have Dave Bautista's character, Duke, who is uh, a YouTube Twitch star. And then you have Leslie Odom Jr. who plays Lionel and he works for Ed Norton's character uh, as like his head of research and development. And so it's it's a real big mishmash of people that you're like, what what is this connecting thing? And even the initial explanation makes no sense either when Edward Norton right. explains to uh, Benoit Blanc, like, oh, how how are how is the governor of New Jersey and a fashionista from Los Angeles? How are all these people? meeting together and he's just like oh we're disruptors we we hang out and we just we recognize each other you know it makes sense no it makes no sense it makes no sense at all and it still didn't answer the question as to it took a really long time as to how did they meet like he says how did you all get to be a group and he's like oh we're all disruptors and then you're and i'm still thinking but that doesn't explain how you all were in the same place at the same time what took you a minute to even figure out what the heck a dis- disruptor is I well mean, throwing words out there he I'm was like, just throwing some words out that's okay i figured out <laughs> like, they all the had a label no right. matter what the label was they all had this label that they fell under but it still didn't tell me 
how the hell did y'all all end up in the same place at the same time? Exactly. <laughs> like, I still don't understand. Was there a convention? Like, And hello, can I get one of those invitations, please? <laughs> you and I would still be trying to figure it out. I we would, would be, never meet I would have done the hammer thing. Definitely, Definitely the hammer <laughs> thing. Like, first thing, I'd have been like, I am. Uh, no, we're no, not doing this. I don't this. do this. We're just going to turn it upside down and hit it with a hammer yes. until we figure this out. <laughs> that opening <laughs> sequence where they were all on the, on the call together trying to figure out how to to open this invitation was great with uh Jackie Hoffman playing uh Dave Batista's mom yeah. and she just oh she God. knows all the answers to the puzzle she's oh it's a fibonacci sequence yeah and but, i'm like i've only ever heard that phrase once and that was in a spider-man movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i loved her character really really loved her character and i thought that the um the puzzle was a, a lot of fun to watch them cuz it was all these different I don't know. I would call them IQ games. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I would have failed like the first one, obviously. I thought it was a lot of fun and I wouldn't mind having a game like that. But if it was an invitation, I would be like, I'm not going to this stupid. No. I'm not going. It's a complicated like, party. So complicated. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what happens at the party. I'll sit home. I'm still trying to figure out my puzzle. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have never gotten past the first puzzle, which is one of those uh, cross your eyes and you'll see a boat kind of things. Some of the puzzles they figured out and moved on and I'm like, wait, what happened? Right. <laughs> but still, I mean, I thought it was interesting. It had a lot of layers to it and I thought it was very complex in a almost like in a Harry Potter kind of way. So let, let's move into spoilers because I don't know that we can really discuss too much else without diving into spoilers. All right, we're spoiling it, y'all. Here we go. So the, the the murder that kickstarts this whole thing within the movie is Dave Batista's murder. Did you catch the the sequence that is later revealed uh, where he takes the wrong glass? Did you did you catch that initially, or did you have to wait for the movie to bring it back up and spell it out for us? I did not catch it initially. I didn't either. I didn't catch it. You're just not that smart, Josh. <laughs> I didn't catch it either. That's one of those moments where. It, you're like, oh, yeah, I should have been paying attention to that because you're trying to catch these little moments. And the, but the movie does a great job of making you second guess it because the the moment it happens, they make you think that it was just a mix up. Like he literally just absent absentmindedly grabbed the wrong glass, whereas the murderer actually hands it to him in a sneaky, like sleight of hand kind of way. Now, I did pick up when the cell when after he died on the floor and the cell phone is still ringing. I knew who had that cell phone, but I couldn't figure out why he still had this. Like you could hear it <laughs> ringing and people were looking for it. And so I was like, Oh, I know where I know exactly where the cell phone is, but why is it? Why, why did he take it? Like, why is it in his pocket? Like it did take me a minute, but I caught, I did catch that he had the cell phone. I mean, does that make me a genius? Yep. <laughs> I, I think so. Because uh, as I mentioned, I, I had the, the murderer figured out, which we're in spoilers now. So we'll say it, it was Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun. He was the, the murderer of Dave Batista. And in this one, they had a second murder, which is Janelle Monet's character, Andy Brand. She plays dual roles as her sister, uh, which, uh, oh, geez, what was her name? Like Hannah or uh, started with an H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you. Helen. Helen, that's right. Uh, so she plays tw uh, a pair of twins that Andy was murdered by Miles Braun because tech bros got to be killing people. Yep. 
And uh, Miles Braun also just very transparently an Elon Musk allegory, which I, I mean, that's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, another thing that uh, looking through IMDb and uh, listening to other podcasts about this, uh, if you notice, he never has an original thought or outfit in the movie. <laughs> so like w- the first time we're introduced to him, he's got like the long flat hair with the outfit and everything. And he's looking completely ridiculous. That's actually uh, a reference to Tom Cruise's character in the movie Magnolia. So like every time we see him, he's he's just looking like someone else that he's basically just trying to rip off of their their gimmick so like he there's another point where he's looking like steve jobs and then (laughs) and when we we meet him he's just being this weird hippie bro kind of thing which i mean you you see that in a lot of excessive wealth people where they just kind of start being like hey chill peace and love man but that obviously that's not really who they are yeah so then he says something about we're gonna breath attack what did he what was that word right embreviate Yes, and breathe the eight. I was like, what <laughs> the heck is that word? And turns out I wasn't stupid. It really doesn't, it's not a word. I'm like, do I, why don't I know this word? So, but I yeah. guess when you get to a certain point of wealth in your life, you just get to make up words. Yeah. And people, because you're surrounded by people that just say yes to you all the time, you make up a word and they just go with it. Because we make nobody, up words. We make up words all the time, but nobody accepts them. It's true. Like, <laughs> well, to quote Thor in Avengers Infinity War, all words are made up. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, um, it was. Now that we're in spoilers, how did you feel about the structure of the movie where you essentially have Benoit Blanc playing a role in trying to uncover the murder of Andy Brand, uh, Janelle Monet's character? And then in the second half of the movie where he's working with Helen, Andy's twin, and kind of we, we find out that he's trying to kind of sabotage the weekend because Miles Braun had this whole like murder mystery weekend planned out. And Benoit is like, hey, uh, do, do we win anything for solving the oh, murder? That's great. And so I, I guess you can win an iPad. Sure. And then he's like, OK, cool. It's uh it's it's Kate Hudson. She's going to be the yeah. murderer just because of the way the, the seats are laid out. And you're going to get killed by the, the crossbow over there. And he solves it before the murder ever even actually I happens. I thought that was so funny. It was hilarious. Like, oh, I spoiled all of your fun. <laughs> and at that point, you still think that he just ended up there randomly. You don't know that he's actually there because he put himself there. So um, you think, oh my God, like he just walks in and he's just like, yeah, I already figured this out. So yeah. we can just get on with the rest of our lives. It's boring. It's boring. It's so boring. And it, it's a great, it's a great little character moment too, because when we're introduced to Benoit Blanc, he's playing the game Among Us with Angela Lansbury, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Natasha Leone, and uh, uh, someone else I can't remember. That so he's just like, oh, I hate this game because it makes no sense. It's it's stupid. I'm terrible at stupid things. And <laughs> the the fact that this even just this murder mystery is such a such child's play that even the like the average person would have been like spending the entire weekend trying to solve the murder. He's just like, oh, yeah, the, the way that everything is set up right now, it's obviously going to be this person. So, so I-, I thought it was interesting, though. There was a lot of hype before this movie came out about. Um, a Hugh Grant cameo, and I I didn't see him in the movie. You, did? oh, you didn't catch it. He was. I uh, didn't. Oh. But now he must be the very beginning. 
But for some reason, I haven't, I've missed it. I've watched the movie twice now and I've missed it both times. Oh yeah. He's, he's his partner who answers the door at the apartment when, uh, yeah, Janelle O'Day's twin yeah, shows up. She, he, he's the one that answers the door. But you don't know that until towards the end, like almost at the end is where they play that for you. Right, Josh? I didn't see him in the beginning, but I saw him. Uh, no, that, that was, I think that was more in the middle. Once the reveal is given that. Once the reveal. Oh, that's true. Once you know that Andy is dead and Helen has gone to, um, what's his face? Benoit right, right. for yeah. help. It's when she goes to his Isn't to see funny? him for the first time. I've missed it both times. Yeah, Hugh Grant <laughs> opens the door. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Hugh Grant. <laughs> Again, another so, Easter egg. They just little, little pumpkins everywhere. I love yeah, it. The Serena Williams cameo. I love the Serena Williams thing. The Serena Williams cameo was great. She was sitting there waiting for like, him hello. to work out with her. She's like, is anybody going to work out? And at first you think, you see fitness with Serena and I'm thinking oh that's must be like one of those mirror things yeah you know that you can work out with a yep. with a virtual person right and then she's actually there on a, like a tv screen waiting yeah. to work out <laughs> yes and she's like well, well they're having this really secretive conversation about trying to uncover a murder yeah yes. it's like she's so non-bothered by that <laughs> she just wants to know are we working out or not and if we aren't I'm going to go back and read my book and I yeah, thought that was really cute. <laughs> even even Ricky pointed that out. She was she mentioned that it, it was really a weird pose for her to be in and just sitting there in the in this advertisement. She's like, that's that's really weird cross promotion. And then she started speaking and she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how I felt, because I kept looking at it thinking it must be one of those work like, you know, workout mirrors. I don't even right. know what they're called. Are they called the mirror? I I, yeah, I'm pretty called. sure they're called mirrors or something like okay. that. And so, and I thought, oh, that's so funny. He's so rich. He hires Serena Williams to like send him videos of working out. Right. And then it's really her just sitting there real time waiting for him to come down to the gym and work out. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Another sign of extreme wealth. And then the fact that she she overhears them talking about this murder plot and she is completely unbothered by it. Like yeah, it she's doesn't affect her. her. She's not curious. She's not like, Oh my God, somebody got murdered. Right. She's like, are we working out or not? And then she goes <laughs> away. Yeah. Gotta love those cameos. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah. That was, that was a real good one. Um, with this first murder that we have, uh, the first murder was Dave Batista and that one, I, I, I was caught on, off guard with that one, too, because like I said, I thought it was going to be like Noah Sagan's character, Daryl, who is yeah. just kind of bumming on the island. Like Edward Norton's character is like, just don't worry about him. It's fine. So I, I thought he was going to end up being the murder victim because he was just he's a nobody. So no one's going to miss him if he's gone. And you get all the rest of the people to have these performances. Yeah, I did not expect for um, Dave Batista to be the murder victim at all. Mm -mm. I really, I thought it was going to be one of the, I would say less recognizable, like the, um, I guess Kate Hudson's assistant. Oh, Peg. Peg. And then also um, Dave Batista's girlfriend. Whiskey. (laughs) I thought it would be, end up being one of them because they're just kind of, I mean, I hope they're not listening, but they're kind of nobody. So, um, but if you are listening, no. this is Anne talking. No, it is not. <laughs> no. But I just thought that because they were lesser known, they were more expendable. So I thought maybe it was going to be one of them. But then I thought as you keep going, I'm thinking it's got to be somebody in this group is going to die. And I really thought it was 
going to be Ed Norton that, that I thought he was going to be the real, like he was really going to die. I thought he was going to be the real murder victim. Yeah. Even after Dave Batista bit the dust. I thought that the, um, one of the swords was going to get him. The swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really thought that he was going to be the one to, to get it and he didn't. And then it just kind of, that kind of changed it up a little bit, but I really expected for one of these people to be, I actually, I just thought it was the, the random guy on the beach was going to be the one murdering him to try to take over his empire. But boy, was I wrong. And let me just backtrack <laughs> for, for one quick second. The actress that plays Whiskey yes. is in the show Outer Banks. So it's not oh, that she's know. not well known. It's we don't know her well. Yeah. Duh, just, right? uh, and then that Jessica Henwick. Yeah. Um, she's She's been in the matrix she was on game of thrones so it's really just us she's been in some marvel movies star wars movies, oh yeah she's so. not in our genre <laughs> so it's, it's because we're older that we don't recognize yeah. her sorry jessica henwick and, and madeline klein and madeline sorry klein. y'all are somebody just in my world i don't know not so much are. right but now yeah, i do she, now i'll know them for being in this movie and so. she was in the uh the netflix um Defenders series as well. Right, right. Um, She's also in uh, an underrated uh, suspense thriller, Underwater, uh, with Kristen Stewart. Um, I would highly recommend that one if you're okay with like confined spaces and monster movies. Oh, no. Uh, We're too scared to watch those stuff. We don't do monster movies because we're scaredy cats. Mm-mm. Oh, so am I. I, I don't normally do horror movies, but I heard this one was kind of like a an underwater Cloverfield, and I really enjoyed oh. it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm really We're not gonna watch that. I don't see that being on my list no. of things to watch. It's a big no. But I mean, kudos to her for being in a great movie. <laughs> Just not again, not one that we've seen. Us, we yeah. This is on us. us. This is all about us not knowing them, not right. them not being. Famous, important. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're name actors. They're more like, oh, that person kind of actors right now. Right. But maybe right. with the success of Glass Onion, maybe they get a few more roles. Maybe. <laughs> I really hope so. I just really hope so. Because I felt like whoever Peg was, that she was completely underrated in this movie. She should have <laughs> had more of a, she should have had a more of an active role. Yeah. yeah she's, she's very compelling as uh yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson's character's public relations agent. Yeah, I would think she was like her publicist, somebody, yeah, somebody. Person. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how the stars do things, but <laughs> it seems she was like kind of Billa buddy. Yeah, I mean, I think she's she's kind of like her handler. Oh right, yes. there you go. You know, like she's that. She's handler. She's the one because Bertie's to... a, a quote unquote free speaker. She says truths yes. that people just don't want to hear, which. I can't yeah. remember the line directly, but Benoit says a great line of like, don't confuse oh. not having a filter for speaking the truth. I love yes. it. I thought it was really good when he said that. Yes. He said something about being a truth sayer is not the same as just not having a filter or something or saying whatever you feel. But, and she even says, I, I, I say it how I see it. That's what her like whole little right. thing. So yes, I thought this little peg girl was kind of like her handler. Her, yeah. I'm going to, you know, it's my job. I get paid a lot of money to keep her. She's her own worst enemy. And so I protect her from herself as much as possible. Yes. 
yeah, I have the quote here. It, it's a it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Yes, such a great line. Such a great line. We should probably make a bumper sticker out of that. Or something. something. <laughs> Not a bumper sticker because if it's too long, people oh, will run in the back of you while they're right, and then it's going to be your That's fault. That's annoying. So. But yeah, should, it's definitely something. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll use it in one of our books. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We, we plagiarize that. We'll just pick that right up off of Daniel Craig. He won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that uh, it seems to be kind of a, a little theme between the two Knives Out movies so far is that Benoit teams up with someone who is an integral part of the investigation, which in this case, it's Helen, Andy's sister, uh, who is impersonating Andy throughout this weekend. And uh, they're working together to figure out who killed Andy. And uh, obviously in the first movie we had him teaming up with Ana de Armas because she was quote unquote, the help. And uh, he, he wasn't suspecting her from the get go. But uh, in this one, I thought the team up was a little different. I didn't quite find the, the, the chemistry as compelling as I did between Benoit. And uh, I, I wish I could remember Ana de Armas's character. Um, but between the two, I, I, um, I, I, I really enjoyed it because I, I thought that like the idea of which more Easter eggs, uh, like Marta, uh, Marta, that's right. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, I thought the idea of Helen getting drunk off of Jared Leto's hard kombucha was hilarious. <laughs> yes, she's like, oh, I, don't, was... I don't drink. Oh, this isn't, this isn't alcohol. It's, it's kombucha. It's health nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, thought that was funny. So, so funny. there was um, Jared Leto's um, kombucha, whatever it's called. And then was it Jeremy oh. Renner's hot sauce? Yes. Jeremy yes. Renner's hot sauce. <laughs> Coincidentally <laughs> enough, I'm wearing my Hawkeye shirt today, which I, I, mean, I you can't see me. But. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Dropping the name dropping that was happening going on was kind of funny. Yeah. What did you think of the, the hot sauce scene where it's going up her nose? Oh, God. oh my God. That was hilarious. Was sneeze. Like I kept thinking, oh, that yes. would make me sneeze so bad. And oh, that was, that was really funny. It was like one of those, is it going to really go there? Is it going to really go there? So it was good. Yeah, I thought that, was that, good. that was a good tension builder because you're like, oh, is she going to be able to hold it until the, yeah. the everyone can't see her? Which that, that also gave me flashbacks to when I was in my early 20s. I went to a big music concert. Uh, where you like camp out and there's like dozens of music stages going on. And we met up with a bunch of people from uh, Mississippi, which that's when I learned Mississippi to locals is Mississippi. Mississippi. No <laughs> we met Spoon and Matati, which shout out to you guys if you're listening somehow. And uh, Spoon decided one night he was going to snort a shooter of tabasco sauce no yeah that he wow. he he burned his sinuses pretty good that night we're young yeah. and 20 and something and you know just making bad decisions while having uh, fun at a music festival yeah i wonder if he has any sense of smell now. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know spoon if you're listening let us know Yes, let us know, Spoon. We are dying to hear from you from Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs> Spoon from Mississippi. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to say I hate it because it's it calls back to what happened in the first movie with the uh, the prop knife uh, where Chris Evans' character Ransom tries to stab Marta. Uh, in this one, Ed Norton tries to shoot Helen through one-way glass. 
and uh, it hits her in the chest and her sister's diary stops it yes. from actually hitting her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you're, you're, you're pressing your luck with that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think that would have stopped it. I don't think that book would like, if it had been an iPhone or something like that, I could buy into it a little bit more, but come on. It was a leather bound mini book. It didn't even look leather bound. Yeah. Like one of those government issued law <laughs> government issues. Well, those are automatically bulletproof. Bullet. You think it would stop I a do. bullet? I really do. Maybe. I don't know. I guess the bullet's got to pass through the glass first. So that's going to slow, slow it, it down, down a little bit. Maybe. I don't know, but maybe. Maybe. Like I said, it it fits the motif of the series, but it it was a little, that was kind of pushing their luck a little bit. Like, oh, it just happened to go there. I think it would have been better if she just kind of like passed it off. Like, oh, I dodged it or something. Yeah, I agree. If it had just like a gunshot and you just drop. Yeah, I just, yeah, it was weird. But I I do. And I did enjoy the second half of the movie, I think a little bit more, because as we've discussed, you're, you're kind of waiting for that reward of the murder. And I love that Benoit just kind of like goes like, all right, enough of this shit. Let's just go and solve this thing and <laughs> let's let's get this taken care of. And then we we get the recap where we find out Helen's been posing as Andy this entire weekend and they're trying to figure out who killed Andy and through the circumstances of things, uh, how Andy's murder or alleged suicide becomes public knowledge. And Dave Batista is the first one to find out about this because he has alerts on everyone in the group, as well as way too many alerts for everything else. Yeah. And he he basically is going to blackmail Edward Norton's character. Yeah. And Edward Norton's character is like, well, that's not going to happen. So he dumps some pineapple juice into a cocktail and uh, Dave Batista's character is allergic to it. And he does a cool little sleight of hand thing where he hands him his drink and by Dave Batista. Yeah. Yep. I, I like that throughout the movie, we're waiting for this murder to happen so that we can start trying to figure out who did it. But that murder actually means absolutely nothing to the plot. It's, no, it doesn't. It, doesn't. it throws you off. It really <laughs> kind of throws you off. Plus you're not expecting this character to be the one that gets murdered. I mean, I, I felt like he was not that. I don't, Again, Dave Batista, I'm not saying you're Please, not important. you're making enemies, but we're just a little podcast. You're sinking our ship. <laughs> sinking our ship. I'm not saying that he's, I mean, of course his I knew character. who he was, but I the felt like his character is like, you know, he's still living with his mom, trying to be a YouTube sensation kind of a person and obviously not in his 20s. So, you know, I felt like for him to die, it just didn't make any sense. It's like, why him? And then, you know, we figure out why, because he's actually going to try to, you know, blackmail his friend, Miles. Who turns out is not a good friend to any of them. No, he's not a good friend. He's just a rich (laughs) asshole. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, he ended up Zuckerberging Andy, which is why Andy is uh, now dead, is because she had proof that he did not come up with the idea of this artificial intelligence program or Vega technology thing that they created. But through, through the investigation, we find out how these people know each other, which like how they ended up where they are is still kind of like a weird path that all these people went on. Cause like there's just a bunch of nobodies who get together to uh, have a drink at this bar called the glass onion. And they're going to just like take over the world somehow. Right. Like somehow. how, how Catherine Hahn ends up, becoming a, a governor can or 
yeah, a governor candidate for New Jersey. And uh, like Dave Bautista's character is the only one that could, that kind of makes sense that he would go and become like a Twitch or YouTube star. Yeah. Um, everyone else just kind of like Kate Hudson's character becomes an influencer and a fashionista is like, okay, I sure. Yeah, but then that, we found out it's all bankrolled through miles. He's yep. bankrolled all of them. And the reason he does it is so that he can, so they owe him. So he has, so they take the fall for all of his bad decisions. Yeah, so yeah. they, you know, so he's got built in witnesses for anything that he does um, wrong, that they can be false witnesses for him and get him out of trouble. So he pretty much has just bought. Um, <laughs> he bought his, everything he needs yeah, to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to be able to do whatever you want to whoever you want and then have people around you lie for you. So. Yeah, not too dissimilar from, uh, uh, oh, what's that guy who just bought Twitter for $44 billion? Uh, oh, right. uh, oh, Elon Musk, that guy. Yeah, not too dissimilar <laughs> from him where he he got a bunch of handouts and just bought into things at the right time and made a bunch of money. Yeah, and the world is full of them. Yep. And I feel like the world is more full of them than it used to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but we, we seem to have a lot of them. So. And yeah, they just, um, we get, I guess people in our society just get to be the, they're so wealthy that um, the lines get blurred between right and wrong and moral and immoral and ethical and unethical. And um, when you have enough money, I guess the lines don't count. I think it's always been that way. We just know about it more because social media exposes everything and our media in general our and, news yeah. media yeah. also exposes everything i mean we've got 24-hour news what else are we going to talk about exactly so it used to be i'm sure the rockefellers not that they were bad people oh my god <laughs> please karen would you just stop it holy cow i mean you know like those kennedys not that they were horrible we are just no sorry Sorry, we're all bankrupt so, now, and we don't know why. Podcast. <laughs> we don't have one anymore. We had a book that was doing well, but for whatever reason, it's just not anymore. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! Do you have I'm anything just... to say about Jeff Bezos? I mean, they feel like that's the only person you haven't attacked yet. Yeah. Well, no, I could, but I'm no. like giving me the kibosh sign. Yeah, so I'm not allowed. Oh, wow. I mean, his, his website See? is yes. selling your book right now. So exactly, I think I need to be, be a little quieter on that side, just because oh we would like for people to use that platform to purchase our book. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'm say it, billionaires saying. shouldn't exist. No, we're we're talking about. I a just... good fun movie. <laughs> Let's get back to the fun Character movie. The fun movie. <laughs> Twisty plots. Yay. I did. I just yeah, really I enjoyed science. this cast of characters. I thought they were quirky. They were quirky. It was yes, good. they were. It added to. The Mona Lisa plays a, a role in this. Did you think, what did you think the role for the Mona Lisa was going to be? Um, I really thought that, <laughs> I thought her eyes were going to be cameras. I did too. <laughs> And that in the after he burned the napkin, I thought that they were going to be able to replay the video of right. him burning the napkin because the Mona Lisa had eyes on him. But you know what? When the Mona Lisa catches on fire and burns, that's where you lose me. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just on. not going to happen. That's just not. Yeah, that was, that was all Lisa. for the payoff of him having to be mentioned in the same sentence as the Mona Lisa. Which I, I mean, know. I thought that was great, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you really had to burn the Mona Lisa to, to get that punchline. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. And then you're like, okay, so not that any of this really took place, but that's when it gets so far-fetched for me. Like, it's like, okay, we know you. nobody burned the Mona Lisa. Like, get over yourself. Lisa! <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, it, now in the Knives Out universe, the, the Mona Lisa does not exist. It got burned in a billionaire's Exactly. House I, my husband party. was kind of halfway watching this movie with me, but not really. And I was like, honey, did you see in the news? He said, what? I said, the Mona Lisa burned. He's like, what? It's like, it's just on, this, it's on the movie, but I just want to let you know that they burned the Mona Lisa. Oh, my God. It's like, okay. I just think it would have been better if she had had cameras because then he, she would have caught him. And so it would have been a really big twist backwards at him that she, the Mona Lisa caught him. Right. So then she would have been, it would have, I don't know. I see, I understand movie? what you were saying. I, I thoroughly enjoyed movie. every part of this movie. It was fantastic. <laughs> the writing, the casting, <laughs> the design. Anne's going to go far in her I career. I loved the sex. <laughs> I will be a footnote. <laughs> She's going to be one of those uh, first reaction influencers where yes. every movie is the greatest movie ever just because you got invited to the premiere and got treated to some extra drinks yeah. and yes. cocktails. And they will never invite me anywhere because I'm going to be like, yeah, I think this could have been worked. We could have worked on could this a little bit longer. done that better. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you needed one more round of edits. One book and she's very sassy. I'm very sassy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting too big for her britches. Listen, I mean, if you think I wasn't sassy before that book, you are smoking <laughs> dope. <laughs> Please don't accuse our host of smoking no, dope. I don't like <laughs> figuratively. Okay. Oh, keep joking. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start winding down here. Uh, we've we've covered a lot of this movie, and I think we're kind of losing the plot I a little bit. Yeah, the train is off the tracks, Josh. So. <laughs> Before we go, we have to give our ratings, which on Talking Smack, we give a must-see or a pass because there's no nuance on the internet anymore. It's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever. So Knives Out, or I'm sorry, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Is it a must-see or a pass? Ooh, that's a really hard one. I'm going to say it's a must-see because I don't think it's a pass. I don't think it's a pass either. I think it's a must-see. Yeah. I think it's entertaining. It's not, I would not have enjoyed paying a lot of money to see this movie in the theater. No. A free Netflix deal. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's a pass. No, no. I mean, no, it's no, a do. I want to watch it. Must see. <laughs> I agree. It is a must see. And I am excited that they are making at least one more of these. Uh, yeah, they, they, uh, Ryan Johnson, the writer director made, uh, I think he made a two or three picture deal with Netflix to, to make a few more. Uh, oh, so there, there's at least one more coming out. Next <laughs> please make sure we come back for the next <laughs> review. <laughs> oh yeah. Unless, uh, something crazy happens and I can't do the podcast anymore. We'll, we'll definitely be doing more of these. <laughs> hopefully I'll be allowed to. Podcast. <laughs> 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 hopefully my, um, podcast certification license has not been revoked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll try to behave. I, I think your, uh, your renewal fee went up a little bit, but I, I think, I think we can, we can work our way around it. I know. Some Thank people. you so much, Josh. I appreciate your support. <laughs> So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Karen and Ann, thank you so much from the Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. Uh, please give us your socials and plug the podcast one more time. Sure. Um, you can go to 
sugarcoatedpod.com. That's our website. And we're also on all of the, all of your favorite listening apps and even some that may not be your favorites. I don't know. And our podcast is called Sugar Coated Murder. We bake, we talk about true crime. We're sisters. We're a little campy ourselves. <laughs> and we can get a little boozy at times, but um, it's, it's all to relieve um, probably a little bit of the darkness that we talk about um, when we're trying to give victims back their voices. And we hope that people tune in and listen. And we absolutely adore you, Josh. And we thank you so much for letting us come on here and talk about this glass onion that's a must-see. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys taking the time as well. Uh, obviously, I love the podcast. I'm going to read the book, but I'm sure the book is great as well, Thank which you. we will have a link to the website and the, the book in the episode description. So definitely get on that. And if you want the autographed copy, going to be a little bit more, but I think it'll be worth it for you, especially if you're a big true crime fan. Absolutely. And they can email us to Get that at murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> it's like you two have rehearsed that before. We might have said it once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore scar. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Talking Smack Pod. We're also on Post and Hive as well as Facebook. So you can find us on most popular social media platforms. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes and Beppo and Retro Ale Studios for our avatars. Please write, please rate, subscribe, <laughs> review. You can also write us. I mean, you can yeah. write an email or a letter. I don't give out my address, but you can write a letter somehow. That's fine. <laughs> scan it and then scan it and then email it to us. I used to work at a, a customer service site that dealt with like uh order confirmations and we would just be we would tell ask people like hey send us your order confirmation and sometimes people would like print out the order confirmation <laughs> scan it and then email that scan to us oh my god oh wow that's funny. <laughs> it was that's the most crazy. ridiculous thing ever yeah they went through a couple extra steps there <laughs> all because they didn't know how to forward an email yeah well it can be tricky for old people <laughs> give us a break it's true <laughs> <laughs> But thanks everyone again so much for listening. Karen Ann, thank you again so much for taking the time. Everyone, take care, have a happy new year, and we will see you in 2023. Sounds good. Thanks, John. Bye. Watch Star Trek. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth.
don't you think? 